I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby dooby dooby doo wop. Pastor and Laura wake up. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Good. I'm good. We're right. uh, doing our Bible study. We're on Luke chapter 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, you ready to get started? Sure. Let's do it. Everything. Everything's ready? good. Yeah. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, but woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, Prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Wow, there's a lot in that. Mm-hmm. Well, this section's called Sin, Faith, and Duty. So it's got three major things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the first part's about sin. Yeah, and the disciples... Well, I see it as one. Jesus wants you to forgive people and to not lead people astray but both of those are part of that whole woe to you to the one through whom they come because we shouldn't we should make sure we are not the thing stopping people from coming to faith either by leading people astray or shutting them out Did you see it that way? Or? Well, I don't know if I thought about it like people coming to faith, but just causing people to sin. You know? Mm-hmm. So, same temptations, right? Things that cause people to sin mm-hmm. are bound to come. But woe to the person through whom they come. So... You know, like, there's temptations in this world, like, oh, should I want to eat a cookie. There's some cookies over there, and they look really good, like, feeling tempted by it. But if someone is stay, saying to you, like, yeah, you should go over there and take a cookie, you know? Or if someone's sitting here going, 
That's not a big deal if you take a cookie. Right. But if there's someone here encouraging you to sin, tempting you to sin, you know, it's saying there's natural temptations. There's the devil, our sinful nature. But I think he's saying woe to the people in your life. Like, people tempting each other to sin. Mm-hmm. You know? And then not rebuking them afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that gets skipped over a lot with the, you know, forgive them seven times, but there's also the, you've sinned. You mm-hmm. need to, it's a responsibility to rebuke your brother or sister and use God's word to um, forget the whole line of stuff. Encourage, correct, and rebuke, and train in righteousness. Yeah. I think when I was younger, when I read this, maybe not this one, but maybe it's a different account where Jesus says, or the disciples ask how many times they should forgive, and he says, like, 70 times 7, you know, or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I thought, like, well, that's weird because I thought you're supposed to forgive all the time and there there's this number what's 70 times 7 490 yeah if I keep a tally and I get to 490 then I'll be done mm-hmm. but then I'm thinking about it now I mean 490 is a lot but you know it's a finite number but when it says 7 times in one day even that seems hard now. <laughs> you know, like if someone did something to you once, it's really hard to forgive them. If they do it to you twice, I feel like in this world, we say so often, like, I gave you a chance and you did this again. Mm-hmm. This is the last straw. Like if someone wrongs us twice, we're very, very hesitant to forgive them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's even kind of a mantra. People deserve a second chance, but no one is saying people deserve a 490th chance. Right. Or even, I mean, three strikes you're out. Well, fourth chance, fifth chance, sixth chance, seventh in one day. Like, Mm -hmm. that would be exhausting. You know, so I just was thinking when I was younger, like, oh, wow, well, well, I was thinking about my brother. We used to fight a lot when we were kids. And uh, it's like, oh, I get to 490. I'm not forgiving him anymore. <laughs> and obviously, I did not keep track. I shouldn't say obviously. That might have been something I would have done, but <laughs> I didn't keep track. Well, I see that. But I'm just saying 490 seems like a small number compared to infinity or a million. But then at the same time, seven seems like a big number (laughs) when it comes to forgiving someone. How often do we even get frustrated at the second violation, you know? I see that modeled really well in our, our kids, you know? They'll fight they'll have these arguments they'll be really mad at each other and it's say you're sorry forgive each other 
and they do and 30 seconds later they're playing together and hugging and you know loving and caring for each other mm-hmm. and it might be they were you know one has said I'm sorry to the other one 20 times in a day and then at the end of the night it's oh I love you you're the best sister you know mm-hmm. it's just they they just show this love and um, this short memory and care for each other and I don't know. It's a nice thing. Well, the disciples realize it. I mean, they say, increase our faith because we can't do it. Mm-hmm. They realize how tough it would be. And then the... Um, Doing your duty? Well, the mustard seed oh. thing first. That, you know, if you have faith, you can do amazing things including this but when I'm doing yard work I can't just tell plants to get up and move yeah but do you believe you can do it well I believe in Jesus Mm -hmm. I don't believe that people have magical powers no this isn't like the matrix you know that you have to just believe and (laughs) bend spoons or whatever Neo does you haven't seen that movie in a while, huh? Oh, it's been a real long time. Okay. No, it's... Um, well, Jesus says that uh, in Mark when he has that man walk after his friends cut a hole in the ceiling. He said, which is harder to do, to forgive sins or tell this man to get up and walk? I tell you so that you believe I do have the authority to forgive sins I tell you pick up your mat and walk you know the more difficult thing is truly to forgive somebody and not to do something physical in this world yeah but well I don't know probably gonna get off topic but I was just like we Our faith is about our salvation and God and his love. Mm -hmm. We don't have faith so that we can do manual labor more easily. No. You know? Like, if you have faith, you should be able to tell this tree to move or move this mountain or do this. And I feel those are... I mean, am I right? Are those figures of speech? Because... I mean, who's got the, like, greatest faith? Like, Moses or David? Like, they never told trees to move or demonstrated their power and. Well, Moses did part the Red Sea. He did have water come out of a rock. (laughs) He did have the earth open up and swallow up an entire tribe. saved save the Israelites from slavery. It's not like he was just moving a mulberry tree because he didn't like where no. it was. No, but there are... I mean, there are... Yeah. I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't know if it cannot be literal when Jesus is speaking here, but I definitely know that there is a figurative aspect to this. 
Right. You know, that's someone that is firmly... Everyone, every monk or every person at the seminary or people with faith go out and tell a bush to move. And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't, then they go, oh, I guess my faith's not strong enough. And go back and study some more Mm -hmm. and pray some more and try it again the next day till they can do it. Like a Jedi training or something. But that's the thing is we don't have physical markers of our faith of doing some sign or wonder right the marks of our faith are just our actions and how we fight against temptation and how we live our lives mm-hmm. um but yeah the i see a lot of imagery here with you know someone that's mature in unbelief and being able to get them to move Having someone like the Apostle Paul, who is, you know, this, I don't want to go too allegorical, you know, like a mountain of a man in the unbelieving world. And God uses him to completely work for the opposite. So we can make this figurative. I just don't know. I, I, I don't ever want I mean, to limit the power of God. Well, we talked about this a while ago about, like, what do we pray for? Like, what do we ask? Or how mm-hmm. boldly do we pray? Do you remember when we talked about that? Yeah. Praying boldly. Yeah. You're putting, like, our faith in God. and But what do we believe God can cure this person's cancer? You know? Or are we just praying it? Assuming that God's going to take the person have you know what I mean? We had that discussion. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been a better thing to put in here, not moving a mulberry tree. You know, if you have faith, you can pray to God and he'll listen. Um, yeah, it's we're not going to go out and move trees. Well, I think the, the temptation, as we're kind of saying, is is to test God. Right. Or, or to, to test our faith. Or to do something that benefits you or just shows yeah. off. Mm-hmm. This is not really be beneficial. And right, and God knows that. You know, if if there would be something positive for his kingdom according to his will, he's going to do it. Right. But if it would be detrimental to... Yeah. Oh wow. Look at all I gotta do is believe and then I can do these great things. Yeah. Do you wanna talk about the servant doing chores? Sure. I mean just like um well, I read this selfishly. Uh or I mean I I guess I apply it to myself. I could say it in a positive way. That you know, like my vocation as a pastor I'm doing it because I see that believe that God has given me gifts and a support system around me and training to do his work but I don't expect that I'm on the level of God where you know I could say oh well (laughs) I'm gonna go I'm on God's level because I'm working so hard or I'm you know working for his kingdom like my 
ultimately, God is so much greater than we are. He is not on our level. Yeah. And we serve him because of his love and because of his mercy, because of all the wonderful things he provides for us. But at the same time, we should serve him just because he is the creator of the universe and he asks us to. And he has the power to create us or destroy us. Yeah. And that sometimes gets lost, you know. I mean, um, I mean, Jesus says that, do not fear the one who can destroy the body, but be afraid of the one who can destroy the soul. I mean, just understanding the power of God. And then when he asks you to do something, it's not really a suggestion. Yeah. I was thinking about it just on a slightly different one about well kind of about just your regular responsibilities when you do what is expected of you you don't get you know praise or pay really like when you brush your teeth you don't Nobody's going to come up to you and be like, wow, you did a great job. I mean, we do that with our kids because we're training Mm -hmm. them, but like adults. Are you being a mom? What? Or like you being a mom and... Yeah, just doing stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. The stuff you have to do to keep yourself alive and your basic like expectations. Or I mean, even like driving the speed limit or being courteous not breaking the law like at the end of the day nobody comes over and says good job not you know killing anyone today and no you know you did a really great job not stealing today the store manager hey thanks for not stealing from us today right like you do not get special rewards or thanks for doing the things that people expect of you like your basic expectations And, you know, again, I'm thinking about it with the kids, like, picking up your toys and getting dressed and putting away your dishes and stuff. Like, those are regular expectations. When we do, like, some special chores or something, then I'll, you know, give them, like, oh, here's a quarter if you do this special job. But, like, your basic jobs, those I expect of you. I'm not going to give you recognition for doing something that you know like breathing like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is this is expected this is your job and you know some people this, this could be a controversial topic but some people say that about servers and waiters you know why should I tip them their job is to serve me. Like, that's literally mm-hmm. their job. So why am I tipping them? Obviously, it's different state to state. Some servers get paid. Oh, yeah, and, and, country, then, and country to country. Right. You know. But if you're getting paid $15 an hour to be a waiter, mm-hmm. and you bring someone their food, and you smile, and you're kind, and you take the food away, and then at the end, you're giving them extra money for doing the job they do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of weird. Like, your accountant does what they're supposed to do and you don't tip them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, 
but I, you know, I know not, I know servers and waiters deserve tips in a lot of places and I'm not discouraging tipping. I'm just saying it's just like that. Like when a pilot flies a plane, we don't give them an extra reward for doing a yeah, good job. Yeah, you know how weird that'd be if you could also, hey, thanks for not crashing this plane today. Right, like there's just oh. certain expectations. People do what they're supposed to do and that's what Jesus is saying. Like when you've done what you're told to do, you know, you don't really get thanks. Thanks for complying. It's expected. Mm-hmm. You know. No, I we think are that's... unworthy servants. We're, we've only done our duty. We aren't, yeah, worthy. Like, Jesus doesn't need to reward us and hold our hands and bless us and do these things just for... Yeah, well, and you think of the Pharisees that he's talking to a lot of the times. You know, looking at them and going, you're unworthy servants. You're just doing what you're supposed to do, which is preaching God's word to people and being examples of how you're supposed to live your lives. Mm -hmm. You're not on the level with God. You know, you're not, you, you don't get special passes because you've done some good work. You're just doing what you should. And really what all people should be doing. I mean, not preaching full time, but we're sharing God's word. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you special. That means you're doing what God said to do on the very first day to Adam and Eve, you know? Mm -hmm. We well, should all be doing it, not like, wow, I'm so special because I'm doing what God told me to do. Yeah, and if we think of ourselves as God's children, how he refers to us all the time, to serve our father in his house or by doing his will, you know, what the mission and goal of our father is, mm -hmm. that's normal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, you know, it's, this is all law. <laughs> Clearly that tells us what we should do and we all have attitudes that don't always match up with this. Well, right, and we're not capable of keeping it but it's a good check for us you know a curb that kind of keeps us back on the right track alright let's uh, let's go a little let's bit more a little more we kind of got uh, deep into there I want to run out of time here in the morning let's see just ten, do the lepers. Ten healed of leprosy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Well, this ties into just what we were talking that if you have faith, 
you can overcome a terrible disease? No, no, the doing what you're expected. Jesus doesn't even praise this guy that comes back and thanks him. You know, it's not thank. He's like, what are the other people? Like, of course you're coming back to thank me. Because you should. But where are the other nine? And you're a Samaritan. Right, he's not like, you know? I am so happy that you're so You did the right thing. Yeah. You don't get praised for doing what you should. Your faith made you well. You trusted in me, as you should. And... Yeah. Um, and you came back and said thank you, which I would have expected everyone would have done. Right. Um, that does tie in. Well, I think before we go and talk about the coming of the kingdom, next we should take a break here. Okay. Yeah. Um, along for this morning, so... Talk about the coming of the kingdom of God tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye bye. Scooby dooby dooby doo wop. Pastor and Laura wake up.